Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hello, welcome to today's episode of Finding Harmony. I'm excited to have you all here and I'm very excited to be interviewing Russell Case. He's been a friend of mine for 16 years and uh, my husband for almost one year. We've been together for three years. Seems like longer. Seems like forever. (laughs) And I'm here to ask him how he came to yoga, what drew him to the practice of Ashtanga yoga in particular, Mm -hmm. and his views on what yoga is. So how did you come to find yoga, Russell? Well, that's, that's an interesting question. I, um, I'd like, I don't mean to be contrary, but, but actually, you know, I like being contrary. So I, I just say that there's very, there's very different definitions of the word yoga. There's, you know, there's yoga, the brand, there's yoga, the experience. And, you know, to your listeners, they may hear the word yoga and they may think of uh, a vinyasa flow class that they take over at Gold's Gym. You know, and, and I have an answer to that. I know, you know, what class it was that I started doing yoga. I know how I got into that room. Um, but I also think of yoga, the experience of, of absorption into the infinite, uh, samadhi, um, a yoga that cultivates that experience. And that that experience of yoga, you know, runs through our whole life. And there's a not, so many different factors or you might call it samskaras that uh, a kind of, a f- uh, you know, all the parts of your existence that lead you into a particular ex- experience or a particular way of, of being attracted to different experiences, if you follow. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, I was doing sun salutations with my dad before I can remember. And he had, you know, he had learned those, some a kind of truncated form of, of sun salutation that he learned when he was in prison um, in federal penitentiary in Lexington. Uh, my my mom had always had a Buddha in the house. She had made a formal conversion uh, after after Catholicism and before Judaism. And uh, so she was always, there was always Buddhas in the house. So there was, there was a, an interest there from the parents. My, my brother, um, uh, had introduced me to LSD and that in itself is a, is a you know, uh, a very, um, transforming life experience when you, when you take LSD and, and someone like, uh, Swami Akadhananda Parati would talk about LSD in the seventies and its similarity to the to the zero experience. And certainly if I asked Richard Freeman when he took his first yoga class, he would tell you the same thing, that it was when he, he took acid in Chicago in 1968. And so uh, all of that was leading me to, you know, the kind of kid that was in high school, you know, painting, uh, listening to Beatles albums and tripping out and sitting in a kind of meditation like, like, posture and and I would do halasana 
do some push-ups and I would sit you know, and do yoga in my room. But my first very formal yoga experience, first yoga class was in, was in Chicago myself at the Art Institute of Chicago in 1993. And I took a class on a, on a dare with uh, Sudha. And Sudha was this Austrian fellow named Adolf Weichsler would, you know, change his name for obvious, obvious reasons. And so I started taking a class with him and I, I loved it. It was giving me that same trip out at the end. We'd go into Shavasana, mm -hmm. is how we used to call it in the old days. Yeah. We'd do Shavasana and I would trip out. And I was like, oh yeah, that's something I like doing. That's the thing that I like. <laughs> and, but I was also very intrigued by him. You know, he was, he was lithe and strong, ripped really, but thin, uh, and, and unlike anyone I'd ever seen before. How old do you think he was at this time? Oh, he was ancient. <laughs> In his 40s? He was 45, yeah. <laughs> and I was 18, and I just never met anyone who was that old and in that kind of graceful athletic gymnastic shape and I and I was I was interested in his personality and I didn't ask him anything I wasn't the kind of kid at that point that talked I didn't talk until much later after I started doing a lot of MDMA with my brother again and I learned how to speak and open my mouth and talk about myself but at that time I didn't talk and so I didn't know I was in an Ashtanga yoga class I was, I went there every day for three and a half years. I didn't know anything about it. And so I was there in the school. I went twice a week and then I went three, four times a week at the NU Yoga Center and did Ashtanga Yoga, did the whole primary series and I had no idea what I was doing. And when did you figure out that this was Ashtanga Yoga and that it came from India and from some guy named Sri K. Patabi Joyce? Probably by the time I graduated in 97-98, the Bulls had just won their final championship of the six. It was uh, Sky Pippen and Dennis Robin and Michael Jordan. They were all doing yoga with Phil Jackson, and I was very passionately involved in that team um, from afar. <laughs> and, and he would talk about Patabi Joyce in conference, you know, and people would ask him, I don't know how they found out about it, but they would talk about Patabi Joyce and how he would stand on people and, and break their hamstrings. And he was, he was very violent. And, and Suda would say, well, you know, the student has to be careful. You know, the onus was on the student to be careful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was common back then. It was, Yes, this, you used to learn yoga through suffering. That's how you did it. And, <laughs> and so I was, really, I was very attracted. I was very attracted to Suda and the lifestyle. I became vegan. I became a raw foodist. And I couldn't get to India because I was about as broke as a, as a kid could be. Um, so I went and taught English in South Korea after I graduated, thinking that I would take the money and maybe go to India. But then there was this whole Asian flu in 98, 99, and I, I just had to get home. I couldn't go take my money and go to India or anything like that. And so it took me a long time to get there. It wasn't until 
I graduated from my master's degree in 2003. Uh, I had lived in my studio. And this was in New York? In New York, yeah. I was at the Mark Rothko School of Art at um, Brooklyn College. And I took out a student loan and I had some money saved. And when I graduated, I, I hit it, went to India as soon as I could. And you had met Pachabi Joyce by that point. I had, yeah. He had come to New York for 9-11. Um, and I had practiced in the workshops there and, uh, you kind of knew the scene. Yeah. I mean, you know, the whole Eddie scene Eddie. guy was a part of it. Russell Kai, Govinda Kai, Christopher Hildebrand, all the Willem Dafoe. Petri was there Petri at that time. Petri was my teacher in the afternoon program or the late morning program after a guy had his baby. So there was a whole scene there of Ashtangis doing it the in the 90s way mm -hmm. you know not in the 70s way like david swenson or where i'd studied with him or the the 80s way um you know like i don't know bloody blah but i was you know the <laughs> john scott john scott yeah it was very very much the 90s way and so i there was a particular culture and when i when i finally went to india they recognized me there and uh, I brought a gift from Guy and kind of was, I was also allowed to be part of the clique, the New York clique in Mysore, which was a special clique. It was, I remember. You could always tell the New Yorkers. They didn't let other people into their group very easily back no. in the late 90s, early 2000s. No, no. And you, you got special favors. You got special postures. You got your authorization early. You got to come to class in, uh, the, in the first class and first batch. There were all these special favors for New Yorkers because Eddie was special. Yeah, yeah, being from Canada, I didn't get any special favors. No, no, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> That's absurd. So what was your first um, trip in India? What was it like? What was your first impression of... Being in India, of Sharat, of Patabi Joyce, of Saraswati, it was kind of a special time because they had just moved from the old shala to the new shala, yeah. which yeah. is now, I guess, the, old, the shala. old middle shala. The old middle shala. It's like the middle child. It's sort yeah. of neglected and, and forgotten often. Well, I think people remember it. I don't know. But, <laughs> um, when I went, there was 50 people in the room... There was 40 women, 10 Jews. <laughs> Stop. What? No, there was 10 of us. <laughs> I, we were all Jews. Anyway, so... It's not true. It was. It was true. It was just Canadian Jeff. Your former husband was not Jewish. He was the only one. And um, we, uh, we... So we did the whole practice right there in the room. What I remember about it and what I'm grateful for is that there was no internet and that makes a huge difference to your life yeah it's pretty transformative actually like going back in time yeah and also yeah. you had to talk to people and meet people face to face well what what i mean is is that there was nothing to do yeah there was nothing to do you had to actually get out there if you wanted yeah. to do something you had to leave the house so when i was in new york in 2003 i had three jobs mm -hmm. i was teaching yoga in the morning doing my yoga practice in the morning with guy 
I was an uh, administrative assistant at Brooklyn College and I was teaching art in the afternoon and I had a studio practice and I was commuting an hour and a half to my Mysore room every day. One way mm-hmm. and an hour and a half back the other. And I was, I was, I was also not sleeping because I was so freaked out about Kapitasana that I wasn't able to sleep because all I could think about was how I was going to have to wake up in the morning and do Kapitasana. So I was getting... I was waking up every hour on the hour, looking at the clock and thinking, oh, God, I can't face it. (laughs) And so when I got to Mysore, it was 18 hours a day of just lying down. Mm -hmm. It was profoundly boring. And it completely changed my physical experience with practice. Yeah. Uh, I the pain that I was having that was so intense it was all gone because I wasn't stressed anymore yeah. I wasn't full of cortisol and go 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 and achieve in New York and be something I was just I was I had never had a vacation like that it was, it was four months and I I uh, came back completely different yeah, it really changes the nervous system when you can deeply relax like that. When yeah. you when you aren't in contact or have constant notifications yeah. or any kind of uh, stimulation, you're yeah. just sinking, sinking, sinking deeper yeah. into, I mean, nothingness, boredom, into okay. your breath, into the experience of the now, which is yeah. basically staring at the ceiling fan. All that shit. Yeah, it's yeah. good. <laughs> My friend Laura Smith from Scotland, if you're out there, we we would go, we would get on a bike and we would go around town and we'd rent a TV, we'd go to a different place to rent a VCR, we'd go to a different place to rent movies, we'd put the whole apparatus together at the Green Hotel on one of the coffee tables <laughs> and, watch, and watch movies and we were desperate, desperate for stimulation. <laughs> it, it, was an, it was just an insane time and then you get like a hot bucket bath. Mm-hmm. And you sit at the pool and just like, you know, like with all the other Indian guys, just look at the girls, you know, and I could just like hang out. <laughs> and how was the practice? How was your experience in the shala in the room? Man, I was having kind of a hard time. Um, I got off to the wrong, off on the wrong foot with the Paramaguru in a bad way. Um, yeah, this is this is April of two thousand and three, and Padmaguru Guru Joyce, Mr. Rangaswamy, had decided to go to New York uh, on his first trip by himself to teach yoga. It was a big deal for him. He was going to make his own money rather than do it for free for for, for Guruji, you know, because mm-hmm. he was a free labor up until that point, you know. And so I go in April, I meet Saraswati, and I ask her if I can stay at her place across the street. We get along great. There's always there's some kind of energy between us where we always got along great with each other, mm-hmm. loved each other. And the exact opposite with her, with her child. And Guruji was there, and he was shuffling around. He was very observant in the room. But at this point, he clearly was no longer a hands-on kind of guy. He would do backbends. Backbends were cool. Uh, assertive, Supta aggressive. Vajrasana. With his foot. Yeah. Um, 
he attempted Kapotasana with me, he attempted Bhadrakonasana with me, but he couldn't get down on the ground to really adjust it. Do Ekapadashrasana. Didn't get it. Mm. Um, but Bhadrakonasana was cool because he screamed at me to relax, which I'd never, no one had ever done before. Relax! And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I want to try that someday. So he was milling around the room, but this was Saraswati's first month teaching in the boys' room. And it was cool. Like She was all over the room, and she was aggressive. And after a month, she, she motioned to me after class and said, so you've been here one month now, yeah? And I said, yeah. So you should be doing intermediate. I said, yeah, maybe, I guess, you know, I'm just going to do what I'm told, you know. But uh, yeah, you, you, tomorrow you should do intermediate. And I said, okay. You know, I'd heard that was the thing, you know. And after a month, you know, maybe start intermediate. Guy had told me that in New York. And I'd been Guy's apprentice for several years, as you know. Um, and so I said, yeah, okay. Uh, intermediate. So yeah, you do Pashasana, Kranchasana. I was like, Kranchasana? And see, I was, I was, uh, I didn't know what was going on. I was confused. I thought one posture. But when I expressed confusion, she, she interpreted that to mean that I was confused why it wasn't more. <laughs> and this is where the problem started. <laughs> so she said, yeah, why? What are you doing at home? And I said, well, at home, I'm nearly finished. You know, I, I finished intermediate on tour with Sharat and Patabi Joyce. I did the whole class. Mm -hmm. And I was doing Karandavasana with Guy. Mm -hmm. You know, but I knew the whole thing, you know. I said, I'm doing Karandavasana with Guy. I said, yeah, tomorrow you do. <laughs> I said, oh, that's cool. All right, this is, I'm going to get my certification quicker than I thought. <laughs> you know, this is cool, right? So, yeah, I, um, next day I do... All of primary, and I do all of intermediate up to up to up to Karnavasana, and I got some stairs. <laughs> there were old students in the room at this time. There were always old students, and they're all of them are checking it out. Like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah, <laughs> you know. I know those old students. They they kept a pretty uh, close watch. Close watch on the new students. Yeah, it they was did. like they were scarier than Guruji yeah. and Sharat. And you're gonna hear all about it after class. Oh yeah. You wouldn't hear about it. I mean, you might get yelled at by by Guruji or Saraswati, but but you were going to hear about it all day from those people. Yeah, Peter Sanson and Rolf and and, uh, and Nick Evans and and you know all these guys were going to come in. Matthew Vollmer, they were going to tell you about it. Hey, what what are you what are you doing? That's yep. not the way. That's not the way. They're going to teach you the way. They were like mentors. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes good. Sometimes. Scary. Yeah, scary. <laughs> and so, Noah, man, Noah, Noah and Kimberly, they were the scariest. So, um, I'm going along, and then, like, after a week, Sharat comes home. Padmaguru is home. Yeah. Home, the, the prodigal child back from New York. And he sees it right away, and he checks it out. He's all over it. And he's watching, he watches me do Kapotasana. I can't do it by myself. I can be adjusted into it, which in the 90s was the way. Mm -hmm. Can't do it by myself, can be adjusted into it. So you're allowed to continue. And I go through Ekapada, go through Dvipada Shashasana, go through into Karnavasana. 
And then he starts he starts yelling at me at Karnavasana. Why are you doing this? Who is teaching you this? Why are you, you can't just be here doing this? And I, I'm very humble and meek and I say to him, I'm just just doing what I'm what I'm told to do. Saraswati told me to do it. So is it okay? And he's like no, tomorrow no. You and he's like, okay. And um, Saraswati, I walk out, and Saraswati comes running over to me. Like, so, what, ha- what is happening? <laughs> well, Sharat said not to do it. Oh, he wasn't here. He doesn't know anything. I'm like, okay, this is a nightmare already. And she says, tomorrow you do Pashasana. I was like, okay, all right. So I go up to my buddy. Mm-hmm. Matthew Vollmer mm-hmm. outside of class and I say Matthew come on man you you got to help me out here what do I do because this is a mess he'd been there for many years before <sighs> he, he, he knew schooler. the story he's an old schooler and he says look you got to talk to you got to talk to Guruji you got to talk to him okay go to the office and talk to him and I said okay that's cool I'll do that and he and he said make sure Shadrat's in the room I said right good idea I like it so I, at I, four o'clock, I go to conference and I go, not to conference, but I go to office hours and I go and I go into the room and Guruji's there in the room. He's like, come, come. He's in there doing his nails mm-hmm. with a nail file. <laughs> and and, and Sharat's on his, you know, on his computer, you know, he's just, whatever he does on his computer, he's screwing around, whatever. And I go in and I sit down and I like, I get very meek, very humble. And I say, I just want to say that, um, this is what happened, and I tell them what happened, and you know, guy just told me to do what I to- do what I'm told. Just do exactly what I'm told. Saraswati told me to do it. I'm doing it. Sharat's telling me not to do it. It's fine. I just want to do what I'm told. And I start crying a little bit because I made myself cry. <laughs> you were probably very upset. No, no, I was trying to cry because <laughs> I thought that would help. You know, and Sharat starts screaming at me. She doesn't know anything. She hasn't been here. She hasn't been here. She doesn't know. Like, oh my God, please make this end. Guruji's just doing his nails. Doing his nails. And I say, well, look, I understand that. If maybe you could tell her that, maybe you could tell her, you know, what what's supposed to happen. That'd be, that'd be great. Okay, guys? <laughs> and he gets up and he's like, huh. and he's like, oh, huffy. And Guruji yells to him, huh? Sharato. And they start speaking in Canada back and forth really yeah. quick. And he's like, dun, 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 dun. and then I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, Russell. And they're like, and Guruji just starts laughing. <laughs> he just starts giggling. Like, this is all fun and games. And so the next day, I do Pashasana. Cool. And then Saraswati comes running over mm-hmm. to do my back bends. He says, yeah, good. Tomorrow, do Kranchasana too. I was like, oh. <laughs> and I do Kranchasana and then yeah and then Shalambasana you do and I go up to Sharat and I said Sharat um, look man Saraswati your mother asked, is like really pushing the postures on me I just want to be sure it's cool she told me to do Shalambasana he said what you don't know it I can teach you I was like oh man <laughs> <laughs> 
So that afternoon, Saraswati broke her ankle in the driveway, and I didn't get another posture for six weeks. <laughs> you were stuck at Shalabhasana? Stuck at Shalabhasana six weeks. <laughs> and then at the end of six weeks, I finally, I leave purgatory. He invites me into the second series class at Shalabhasana. Yeah. Invites me into the second series class. And, uh, and I finished uh, second series again. Just like that. Just like that? Bang, bang. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. That trip, I finished second series. And then my next trip, I got busted back again to Mayarasana. So I had to go backwards and forwards. One trip, I got busted back to Dwipada Shushasana. My third trip, I was busted back to Dwipada. And then I had to work myself back up again. Oh, it was insane, man. That guy hates me. <laughs> so... The postures come quite a bit uh, quicker now, would you say? Or do you think? Yeah, I mean, certainly if you're not going backwards <laughs> instead of forwards, they come quicker. <laughs> yeah. So then I finally finished intermediate on my third trip. And I got one posture of advanced. Um, what's that one called? Vishamitrasana? Yes. And then um, it was one posture a year for the next 10 years. That sounds pretty standard. Does it? <laughs> That's not my... Have you been to Mysore recently? Maybe not recently. Not recently. No. No, no not since but not since Guruji died. No. no. <laughs> it's a little different now. Yeah, I anyway. think in those... Not to sound like a bitter old man. <laughs> in those early years, it was uh, it was slow going with the... Sl Guruji had a saying, slow growth, good growth. Old tree gro bends slowly. <laughs> so, yeah. So It was all about uh, going deeper into the practice you had rather than expanding uh, further in We were numbers. being punished for the narcissism of the previous generation. That's what know. it was. They were looking at all these guys with their books and with their shirts off and all their muscles. It's like, <laughs> this new generation, no. Their DVDs and no. VHSs. No. No, these kids today, they're going to learn the right way. Yeah. We're going to punish them. Maybe. What do you call it? You call it the desert period. The desert period, yes. Those yeah. desert years. We, we grew slowly. Yeah, we did. <laughs> slow growing. So slow, in fact, that we missed the peak of our lives, of it, our youth. Yeah. We missed them. We had to learn about what yoga really was. Did we? Did we learn that? I hope so. I don't know if we did. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. This... I, think, I think yoga is getting a, every single posture you want when you want it. <laughs> it seems like Russell didn't learn a lot <laughs> from his time in India. <laughs> But we're really grateful that you tuned in <laughs> and listened to us ramble and tell stories about India and yoga. Yeah. And uh, I look forward to the next episode. We have uh, I'm gonna we're gonna continue with this interview a little bit. Uh, we're gonna next talk week. a little bit, I think, about parenting and uh, that's a nightmare. Some other <laughs> funny <laughs> antidotes. Anecdotes. Anecdotes. Thank you. <laughs> but also antidotes for parenting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Things we can do. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, yeah, we look forward to connecting with you again.
Love you guys. Take care. All of you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony. With me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing in eternity's shadow Watching the breaking waves There's a hard wind and the soil is dry